Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, friends, what a time to be grateful. And this week at the table, we talk a lot about Thanksgiving, what we brought to the table, a Friendsgiving event that we had here out of the farm. And lots of talk about our reflections of our observations of all that's occurring in our lives. I was going to bring that up because you do bring up this concept and maybe you've brought it up in a past dinner table talk. Oh, but yeah. You drill into it this week and I think I'm going to have a couple of unanswered questions about it. Reflections. Great. More skunks, World Cup. Did you say World Cup? Hoo-wee! Have we started our relationship in a World Cup stance? Go USA. Go USA. Pull up a chair. We have, as usual, a lot to talk about. I'm going to tell you how it went down. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday before Thanksgiving, your son called. Mm-hmm. I don't get calls from your son often. So I pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, Joe, you know, <laughs> how would you feel if like the day after Thanksgiving, a few of our friends came over to watch the World Cup at the pavilion? And you like buy all the food and drinks too. Oh, no, no. It's craftier <laughs> than that. Well, of course, we'd love to. Ho- of course. Come on. That's what it's built for. It's exactly what it's built for. We'll make a fire if we need to. Yeah. Oh, great, man. That cool things. Hey, uh. Can we pick up like some pizzas and some beers for them? Of course, yes. (laughs) It's a strange thing to have adult children. But at the same time, it's so nice. And and it's nice to be able to have children that are looking for their own paths. They're creating their own paths to do life. When you (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. I told you like the biggest blessing of Thanksgiving, the thing I'm looking to most was this accidental idea that we had all four of them together. The accidental idea? I mean that we had all four of them together. We don't have all four of them together on the holiday day. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about the change because they like to be together. They do. And we It's fun to watch. We get all four of them to the table for other times of year, but it's very rare now. Like, mm. And I know that that's going to get even progressively more challenging. Whatever time you have to just sit back and watch them, observe. That's right. Observe them is, is really a fascinating experience. So we're recording this an hour or two after the World Cup match where the yeah. friends came out. That was interesting to watch. You know, all nine of those boys or whatever that were there were all soccer players. Well, in my head... Some of them played at, like, really high-level soccer. Well, in my head, I'm watching exactly the college party that would have gone down or get together at one of their apartments had they not been here for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's some beers in the cooler, and then we got plenty of pizza, and I'm going to literally sit back (laughs) and observe. Yeah. Observe the game. Certainly, it was a great game. Excuse me, match. It was a great match. But watching the interaction, yeah, I don't know the words, I don't know the phrasing, I don't know the terminologies that are being bandied and thrown around, and neither would my parents if we had gotten together, if they had gotten together with me at that same age. And even still, what difference does it make? I mean, it's just a, it's just an exciting match. And the deal is, is that when you're watching soccer, but you also understand the whole chess game of just like why they're moving it there and why they're moving it there and how they're trying to get it there. And if they can get it there, they get the best angle. And, you know, you start to see all of that stuff. And then you just joyfully glee. I think I did that literally once during the game. 
you don't get to see the United States playing World Cup soccer. No, they were, they like, were not in the World Cup four years ago. Yeah, so and my it's interest been a in it really time. wasn't there the way that it was eight years ago, which was super exciting. Yeah. we have really, really enjoyed World Cup soccer together. Through the years, you brought it. You brought me to it. I like soccer. Yeah, well, the World Cup. I guess it was the eight years ago. Would that have been the one we saw the first match in San Francisco eight years ago? I guess so. Wow. And when the United States is in That's it, it, and especially when the United States has dynamic players, right. it makes a difference. You really like want to be into it. Corlin watches all sports. Right. Hunter watches soccer. That's his main focus. <laughs> and they're serious. He, he, they're serious about it. They watch the important games. The they watch games, the, the tournaments. The, yeah. So it's kind of fun and exciting to have these little traditions. And I looked around that pavilion and thought, my dad's been trying to build the perfect game room for 43 years. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I have watched him do it place after place after place I've ever lived. He's always trying to create mm-hmm. the perfect outdoor place where he can have a party or play, watch sports or a comfortable crawfish boil. Always. A fire always, if we need it. Always. And I looked up at that screen and we're watching World Cup soccer with a room full of kids from college. Roaring fire underneath the TV. I think he did it. I think he did exactly what he'd been trying to do. Yeah, and it's a one, two, three punch of using that pavilion in the last week. Exactly. Because just a few days ago, we had our Friendsgiving. Oh, it was perfect. Second annual. Perfect. The pavilion was perfect. Yeah, and that's a thing where, you know, come on down if you can, bring a potluck, whatever's made's made. I ended up making a big thing of sausage, onion, and peppers with four different sausages from Turkey Hollow Farm. Yep. I ate a bite of that or two. And then your mom said, here's two big chunks of wild pork that your brother had harvested and made a slow-cooked kind of pork roast. It was fantastic. But before we get there, we did that thing where we all got in a circle and everyone said one thing that they were thankful for. And your dad's was, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for this space. Mm Mm-hmm. Because this is exactly the kind of thing that I want to use it for. Mm-hmm. So when your son calls and says, can we have people out to it? Yeah. The answer is always, yes, you really don't even need to ask anymore. And we have everything ready because yeah. we do it and yeah. we use it. And then, like you said, the Friendsgiving, we had all of our friends out come and sit at the table and we're going to do grace at a certain time and we're going to chow and we made the, you made these little flags we ask everybody write gluten free, vegan, eggplant, parmesan because mm-hmm. Joe was the made, other thing that. That I made. I loved that. And then all these different types of dishes came in. Your wild pork. Everybody was like, What is this? Is so good. Yeah. Like, this is so good. And you were concerned about it, right? I think that's always so fascinating. Let's say grace together. Let's throw a pumpkin to the pig. Let's sit around the fire. I think that that was the part of it that was so perfect for me because the weather has been shit around here for like seven days straight. And I don't complain about the weather much, but when it's 40 something degrees and wet, and then it goes up to like 70 and then it's just wet and it's wet and it's wet. That one day that's cool, dry, and the sun pops out. Those are those days that you're just like, oh, we can light fires. We can light the fire pit. In South Texas, this is a questionable action, you guys, being able to have the perfect weather to light a fireplace. Mm -hmm. We can all pack into the pavilion. Let's get cozy and have great conversations and dig into this delicious foods. My mom made chili and beans with venison chili. That's something that everyone just adores. You know that that's a thing. Dave made pies. Right. He made two pies, a savory pie with butternut squash. 
and all kinds of herbs, like fresh herbs, chunks, bigs that yeah. you can see, and then yeah. a custard pie for dessert. And then there was some fruit plate. spaghetti, squash, deliciousness, oh, and yeah, there was all kinds of delicious food. And oh, my mom's sourdough bread that she's been making tons and tons of for just these special events, and she's learning the craftsmanship of that, and that it takes time, but it's like worth the time that you put into it because it's so good. And it, Yeah, she's deep into it. We got sourdough yeah. bread for Thanksgiving as well. And so having the pavilion to be able to use it for all those different types of things, the best part about Friendsgiving for me, Friendsgiving was fantastic, and I was so happy to be there with all the people and talk and great conversations and everything. But Tommy came into town. Yeah. Tommy's back, you guys. She walked up to the door, and this was her entry of coming back to Texas for me, like coming back to the farm. She came to Friendsgiving this year, and it was great to see her we got to hang out a little bit and go to the movies. And then tomorrow we're going to set the farm stand up in the farm store and we're going to open up the farm because the farm store is open. So that's a thing that I have not done before where I just straight up said, mm -hmm. okay, the farm's going to be open and it's shop small Saturday tomorrow, which this will be old news at that point. But that's a curious conversation. People shopping small or buying Black Fridays. Savannah did a little bit of that this morning. She did and said she got all of her shopping done. Yeah. Good girl, I suppose. Interesting. Way to work right into the system. She said it really was kind of eerie. It wasn't that. It wasn't even like crowded. Yeah, I think the, I some know, of that had to relative. do maybe with the weather because if a drop yeah. of rain hits, then Corpus uh -huh. Christi shuts down. Uh -huh. When I said that I didn't know all the words that were being said during the soccer game, I wasn't talking about soccer vernacular. I was talking about the way these young men, it was all oh, brothers, yeah. speak to one another. Oh yeah, low use tones the, anyway. Use the cell phone in, oh, yeah. in communication. Yeah. So I'm not sitting there asking, "What was that? What are you doing? What's that site? What's that app?" Yeah. I just try to sit back and observe. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. A different language. You know, the kids don't even, I can't understand them half the time. But it was sitting back and observing today and at Friendsgiving, literally standing up, taking two or three steps back to survey the room mm -hmm. and say, this is, this is a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be this thankful for. This is what is important right now. Mm -hmm. I was having a phone conversation with someone where we were just ruminating, philosophizing on the way things feel and are right now. Mm -hmm. That feeling that everyone's on edge just a little bit. Everyone's mm -hmm. worried just mm -hmm. a little bit. And if you ask them why, they may not even be able to answer it. Mm -hmm. But giving people space to talk mm -hmm. in ways where there is no judgment because they're on some different side of some kind of different thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the last, these three events, bang, 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 have been safe spaces to converse. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, it is interesting when you start to take awareness of how the people are interacting around you and how people are speaking around you and who's showing up mm -hmm. and what are they saying and what are they doing and what are they showing up with? When you look at that in that observation mode, whether it's our children, whether it's my parents, whether it's friends that come to things, whether it's other family, you know, all the people that come Kids, in friends, for all whoever, these. Yeah. Wow. This is a lot to be grateful for. You do have to become, I guess, reflective in, in the right ways, reflective in the, to recognize that what you surround yourself, that the things that are occurring around you. And it's not just because a lot of people will say, well, at family time, that's really hard because people come to the table that I don't agree with. And that's just family. That's just what you do. And then, but then there's still these snarky comments. And I stay so aware of my reflection 
that I'm now looking at it and I'm actually seeing unexpected things from certain types of people. Like you're seeing things and everyone is thinking, wow, that was really cool to see that from that person, which means that we change it by being it. We look, look at your reflection, you know, really look at your reflection of that after the holidays and think about that through the holidays. I think that that's been a big thing for me and hearing you talk about the observation of it a lot. And then being in this space here at the farm that's comfortably suited to bring people together, eat together and to have conversations together, cook together. I don't even know. Well, like like the tools to... of community are certainly, certainly in place. We work hard, I think, to where you can leave your baggage out by the door. Mm-hmm. And come in and just... We're trying to learn how. Yeah. We're doing it together. Right. I had this thought as I was out in the garden today, just kind of like doing my thing and about having conversations on the porch with my parents about coffee. Mm -hmm. How many times I have sat and had long, long philosophical conversations with my parents. And a lot of them were started when I was young and I would get in trouble. When I was young and I would get in trouble, my parents would always sit me down and we would talk for a very long time. I was thinking about that today as we're having these different types of conversations about how people sit in spaces together and how they learn to spend time in conversation. Because if you think about challenging conversations where you're forced, three people are forced to sit in a room and talk. Right. Why did you act this way? What was your, why was your behavior like this? We need to understand. This is worthy of sitting down and having a conversation about. Well, that's kind of, I think, where we're stuck a little bit, you know? So we're scared to have the conversations because we're scared. Maybe it's that unconditional love conversation. Were you talking about the obligation of conversation in a holiday setting where people are stuck in a room together? Well, just that... People are going to come together. Well, yeah. And sometimes people will say, I can't change Uncle Freddy. Right. Well, no, of course you can't. But you can change you and you might be surprised and the whole crowd might be surprised at how different Uncle Freddy shows up in this weird this way year. that no one expected. You know, because everything, everyone's going through this thing, this, this exactly, exactly thing. what you said. So it's both. It's I, just to me, I've said this many times now, it feels like I'm being pressed through the eye of a needle. I'm not kidding. That's what it feels like on my body. That's what it feels like with the amount of energy and pressure and conversation and like need to do something, but not do something stagnant, but move. That feels like tight pressure. I spoke with someone this morning. We traded Happy Thanksgiving. Today's the day after Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. What did you do? Oh, we went up to such and such's uncle and I took my thing and I took my dish. And Oh, wonderful. That sounds like a good time. Uh, oh. This obligation, though, that we got to go trudge toward this thing that we've done every year this specific way. Well, you were speaking specifically about that. Thinking about people saying like, I'm sad on Thanksgiving because I'm alone. Well, yeah, there's this large system, certainly mechanism in place mm -hmm. between the television shows that depict the holidays and the massive marketing that you see in every store. 
it's bright and cheery and the music is up and it's time to get into this zone we're supposed to be in and aren't we there and no we're kind of not all the time and and let's lay out all the debate topics before we that's my thing i'm watching that let's lay out all the debate topics a full week before the holiday actually gets here so that we can know exactly what we can fight about when we get to the thanksgiving table because that's what thanksgiving is about like i said i feel that kind of level of energy and obligation yeah i just don't want to play that game I see that as a game no one wins, so I'm trying to pull, just pull myself out of it. Yeah, you said pull yourself out of it. I don't. To me, it's what you said earlier. It's the observation. It's being able to. I don't have you to know, participate. Let me just watch. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you're going to react to things. If this and, is going to go down, I okay. Let me watch this go down. I suppose I don't have to throw any gasoline or water on anything. If that kind of stuff stirs around me, mm-hmm. then it is a reflection of me. That was my point. It's that we don't want to look around at what's occurring around us and say, I had anything to do with what's coming to the table around me. But the fact of the matter is, is that that is what is occurring. What comes to the table around us is a reflection of who we are. That's how I live my life anyways. And that's a massive shift in this state of observation that you're talking about when you're sitting around, but then you can sit around and look at it and be, like you said, so grateful because what you're seeing is people helping out. Like I remember even back to the conversation of your friends group getting together. Mm-hmm. And then here we have friends grooving. And then we have, here we have family Thanksgiving. And then we have a bunch of kids come over. And in each one of these places, it's like, Wow, it was like all these people like showed up and they helped and they like did these things and everybody like was so loving and kind and there actually was a conversation about this over here and there was a conversation about that over there and it was so fascinating to listen to all these different people talking about all kinds of things. That's actually a really good thing. That's working out really well. Those conversations are going well. The community gatherings that are occurring around me are going well. The people that are showing up to those things, right, they it's don't, going well. And right. they, they're showing up even unexpectedly. That's not my job. How you show up doesn't have anything to do with me. What has to do with me is me. But if I recognize my reflection to the people around me, even in my own family, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I can see the reflection of the work of Focusing on making myself more peaceful, my reactions to things less shadow-like. That's all you. My... That's the only thing you really can do to contribute. Exactly. Is the amount of and the type of energy that you bring to the equation. You and that loud glass of ice. I'm sorry, I have a little bit of a cough because I actually got a cold yeah. this week with a fever and everything. My body kicks that shit though. I was proud of myself. It's like I, gotta, I listen. I got to get back to Thanksgiving. I got things to do. I asked a group of friends, when you consider a potluck Friendsgiving Thanksgiving, and you're going to take one of the dishes that you kind of see on a Thanksgiving American table, Mm -hmm. what is your one dish? Mm -hmm. A friend of mine yelled easily, mashed potatoes. I'm going to take my mashed potatoes. I make mashed potatoes really, really well. Everyone loves mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. I'm taking mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. What do you think that is for you and I now? Green bean casserole. It's the green bean casserole. Yeah, that's the Thanksgiving dish. Yeah. It's a green bean casserole. And we've had this conversation on this podcast four years in a row now. A dish of the most seasonal vegetable, green bean casserole, usually with green beans from the farmer's market or my gardens. Right. And a fresh salad that I made, a beautiful fresh salad. 
And this year was no different. Yep, that's exactly what we showed up with. The fresh seasonal vegetable was your tromboncino squash, but mm-hmm. I turned it into a squash casserole vegan. Vegan and gluten-free. You did the whole thing for me. Thank you. Right. So there's ghee and gluten-free breadcrumbs and salt as the topping uh-huh. over the tromboncino squash cut into one-inch squares, sautéed with onion and garlic and chicken broth until it's tender, then mix in with that nutritional yeast. Mm-hmm. Which gives it the cheesy flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what we put on my popcorn, too. Oh, yeah. Your popcorn order now is salt, butter, and nutritional yeast. Yeah. You brought you nutritional yeast into my life. I never heard of nutritional yeast before I met you. You can put it on kale chips, too. It's really good. Yeah. But you're making a kind of a cheesy, quasi-cheesy yeah. vegan yeah. sauce with the nutritional yeast, more ghee, salt, pepper. It, was, it turned out okay. It was a good starting point. I yeah. think I double the sauce to yeah. mix in with it That's to make it even do. more, quote-unquote, cheesy next time. But that green bean casserole, I've explained this to a couple of people. And it's interesting because your daughter doesn't like it, doesn't seem to prefer it as much as you do a traditional green bean American casserole, which is cans of green beans, cans of cream of mushroom soup, and those canned fried dirty onions. What she said was is that she doesn't like the big chunks of mushrooms. Okay. She said that if you and I go blend the mushroom texture and she goes, yeah. Right. She said because clearly it's not that she doesn't like the flavor of mushrooms. She just doesn't like the mushroom. Step one, you're making your fried onions that are going to go on top. Uh You do that in the oven with gluten-free breadcrumbs, salt, and pepper. Step two, you make your cream of mushroom soup from scratch. Now, you're right. I'm going to chop up those mushrooms and put them on into the skillet, medium-low heat, to extract all that water out of them. That's mm-hmm. your base for then chicken broth, half and half. You're making cream of mushroom soup. Mm-hmm. I could throw all of that when I'm done into a the Vitamix mm-hmm. and make it into a creamy mushroom sauce that doesn't have... Yeah, you're right. Bites of mushroom in it. Mm-hmm. Because... For years you made it and she actually really liked it, but she, our kids always complain about the mushrooms. Like that's, you know. That's not their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was really good for years, but then last year there was something about it. It just, it. it, it must've had an off year because I used the same recipe. I used my recipe, which I'll post on all of our socials so you can find this for Christmas well, time. I encourage you to cook the green beans a little bit longer. Even, even after this year? No, I thought they were great okay, this year. because I did do that exactly. I was trying yeah. to basically duplicate the texture of the green bean out of a green bean can. Right. So just bring it down just a little bit. Yeah, so that's step three is blanching your green beans in salted mm-hmm. boiling water. Mm-hmm. Recipe called for five minutes. I did it for 10 minutes this time. Make them a little bit softer. Drain them. Mix those three things together. Top it with your fried onions. Throw it in the oven. Turned out really good this year. Yeah. I think the increase, making sure the sauce to bean ratio is important, kind of like with the squash casserole, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like squash casserole, increase the, the creaminess of it. Yeah. I think that's going to be it with any of these things that we're trying to transition from using more of the whole, right. you know, vegan ingredients where you can. We're not, it's non-dairy ingredients and it's not all the time. It's just that I'm being more well, I cautious. Used, I used half and half in that green bean casserole. Right, exactly. Yeah. Your parents took care of the turkey. Yes. Your brother's in-laws brought a delicious, it was different. It was interesting. It's something I wouldn't have had, I think, prior to now. A stuffing, the dressing, Mm -hmm. but it was a shrimp base, like a shrimp dressing. Yes. It's great. Had that before. I didn't eat that, of course. I couldn't eat that one. And my sister-in-law brought the sweet potato casserole that she makes every year. I really love that. It's one of my favorite things out there. And then she always brings the Waldorf salad, that was which great. is the apple chopped up mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't even know what the flavoring is, but it's delicious. And what I loved, I sat across from Jack and Jack's our nephew. 
we're talking about the food and talking about all kinds of things. And he goes, my mom makes the Waldorf salad. I said, no, it's really good. He goes, it's kind of a tradition. Hmm. I said, I know. Isn't that fun to have traditions? I loved that. It's kind of a tradition, he said. Hmm. You know, and when you're the only child, you probably, this is a thing, you know, like you were an only child. And I think about that because they were talking about how Jack's an only child. He's there. He wants to hang out with his cousins. Sure. Can he go on a cousin walk? I heard that several times. Can we go on a cousin walk? And all his cousins are 17 and up. Right. And he's a little kid uh-huh. at the table, uh-huh. you know, he's trying to be a good kid, you yeah. know, trying not to get in trouble, trying to play, trying to be rough. That's a fun observation to watch that and how that's going on. He's a fun kid. Shot some guns. Yeah. Pulled the guns out, made sure everything was working. <laughs> Shot them all. That's an interesting thing to have that kind of freedom. Oh, yeah. I don't take that for granted. Because we used to go out to families for Thanksgiving to have the big Thanksgiving event. And they had plenty of room for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then we could shoot guns and go for long walks and all that cousin walks. Yeah, the weather and the ground condition wasn't conducive for a nice long walk. I mean, it's been so sloppy. But when I say, let's go shoot some guns out of the range, the back pasture, uh, we're going to sludge through to get over to that. So that was a lot of fun. Got me thinking a lot about... Making sure that everyone that lives here is, you know, knows all the rules of safety and all that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And having good, important conversations about our tools. Go to you sleep. Know, making sure that we use them, yeah. how to know how to use them correctly. Go to sleep. And I know that tomorrow, the next day, is going to be the World Cup with uh, all of the college bros out. So now that we've got a bang, 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 it is time to settle into a full weekend of crappy rainy weather and the desire to get some mulch moved around Mm -hmm. i do think it's very important because i don't know if we've done anything as like a burst of popular in a while as this skunk talk that we've been having Uh uh-huh yeah last week of course the episode was called skunky part pew Mm -hmm. right that's the dog getting sprayed by the skunk Mm -hmm. and i said i was going to change my bait that i bought that cheap ass cat food that turns out to not be food at all (laughs) maybe if i had a cat i would have made a adjustment in the what i was buying for that cat after seeing the quality of this quote-unquote food to the tuna fish cans of cheap tuna fish i can't bait the traps fast enough yeah caught skunk number two Mm -hmm. wrapped him up like a burrito on a tarp (laughs) exactly like i had with with skunk number one skunk number one when that happened was chill he didn't spray he didn't care. Yeah. Skunk number two had all, a little something to say about this. By yeah, two, oh, yeah, you yeah. were cocky about it. Well, I don't know uh-huh. if I was cocky about it, but I <laughs> certainly, I've learned a lot. Uh-huh. I put the tarp over it. You're watching this happen, I think. I put the tarp over it, and mm-hmm. I just am enveloped in odor. Mm. Now, it's not spraying me. There's a barrier between but me and the skunk. It. But Oh, he had let loose. So I walk away at that point, leave him be, let him chill and that owns his own stink, and then finish up the wrap job and move it over on the farm. But uh, when I go see your dad or mom, I can't remember, later, they're like, ooh, did you get sprayed? And it's just that that spray Mm -hmm. is so oily. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, natural sulfur is, you know, being created inside these ducts by their anal glands. The ducts? Oh, the ducts. (laughs) D-U-C-T-S. Ducts. Yeah. Inside skunks are small ducks. (laughs) And when you hear the noise when they spray, it's quack, quack. Quack, quack. (laughs) but i got him wrapped up and shipped off you know we take him off property and i'm putting him into an area where he's going to have a great sweet abundant life but not around me and uh, my chickens and my eggs and your gardens 
But I learned that when you're doing this burrito wrap up in a tarp situation on the trap to prevent from getting sprayed, that that does not mean that they're not going to spray. Set another round and I've caught three skunks total. Skunk number three I caught last night, mm-hmm. wrapped him up like a burrito, but he or she didn't spray at all. Mm-hmm. Take him on down the road. I'm, I'm hoping in my imagination they're meeting up. Like the family is reunited, <laughs> and by the time the newest one gets out there, the oldest ones have already, you know, established the home base. Right, again. they've got a fireplace of their own yeah. and a rug and chairs yeah. and all that right. in their little skunked in. Yes, because that's probably what's going on. I'm sure. And now my question is, how high? Aren't you glad you're not killing them? Oh, of course I'm not going to kill them. <laughs> but why would I take? Why would I take that energy away from you know the natural world around us when I don't have to? That's right. But now I'm just curious, how high is the tote board going to go? Ah, uh, yes. How, how many? many skunks am I going to catch? How many? Uh-huh. How many are on property? I did do a little Googling of what a normal den, how many are in it. It's uh-huh. unknown. It's, it's not unknown, but it varies wildly. But then I was curious how far away you have to take the skunks to ensure that they're not making their way back. Uh-huh. And it's going to be about four miles. I want to get them four miles away. I think I was dropping them two and a half miles away. Uh-huh. So I'm, I went a little farther this time. Interesting. So, but again, they're all going to meet up and, you know, have a skunk reunion. So we're on skunky part. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, well, yeah, or skunky. Pew, pew, pew. Pew-wee 3D. Oh, uh, no, no, That's no. too Skun- complicated. Pew, pew. Anywho, this place <laughs> has become... A seriously amazing wildlife thing going on here. We have a wildlife homestead. We have a management. We have a system going on here. It's fascinating because we know for sure that we have two pigs, two longhorn steers, three dogs, 30 chickens. Over. Now we've taken away two possums, Mm -hmm. three skunks. We know there are snakes all summer long, all over the place, all beneficial, awesome snakes. I know there's raccoons. Raccoons, we know that Because raccoons happened. took those three chickens mm-hmm. that started this whole mm-hmm. prey hunt. And the other night, your dad said he accidentally left the garage open and a raccoon took a fresh turd right on the concrete. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm moving from skunks to raccoons soon or a mixture of. Mm, that's going to be a tricky one. Because oh. what happened to the one last night? So you said something about the traps. I set two happened. traps. Caught uh-huh. a skunk in one. The other one had must have gotten jostled or something uh-huh. before something went into it. So the door shut. Uh-huh. But they still wanted the tuna fish. Uh-huh. So they bumped this trap. So that the tuna fish would flip upside down, and then and they, they dug could... up underneath it and ate the tuna fish from the underneath. bottom up. Uh, yeah. So you got that going on, right? You say you saw foxes. I saw two foxes in the back in the middle of the night when I went out to go check on something. We have for sure a red-tailed hawk that has been here for about seven days. Mm. And there's two of them now. I saw two of them today. Oh, goodness. Yep. It's an interesting thing. It's actually posting up by the pond, but if you think about it, it also posts up sometimes in this tree over here by this pond. But it has a good view of the so chicken run. So it's going back and forth between mm-hmm. the two ponds looking mm-hmm. for prey. I hope that my fake owl that I have set out <laughs> can, you know, do the job. Okay. I'm mostly concerned about my dog. Yeah. Actually, I'm mostly not concerned about anything. What I'm fascinated by is the wildlife that's going on around here and the reality of week after week after week we're looking at. And not to say that anyone would be surprised, but just going through the whole process of it, learning, learning about the habitat of these animals. 
Speaking of which, I do need to get back in touch with Justin because he reconnected with me today to talk about getting sheep on the farm because he wants to partner with us with having sheep on the farm. Yeah, I was in the middle of the grocery store when you wanted to talk about how we'll probably be getting sheep in the very near future. And I don't know what to do except just go, okay, honey, whatever you want to do. Well, just know I need you to be prepared to like maybe build fences or like build something or help somebody build something or buy some material that needs to be built into something or be prepared to get hay. I don't know. Go to, the to bring sheep on. Store. And what is this? This is a sharing sheep with another person and they eventually are sharing raised for me. We're raising, yes, we're raising them for me and we're sharing the meat when we process them. And, and this I, is mutton, correct? Sheep is mutton. That's what you call the meat of a sheep lamb yeah i think it's all kind of generally the same yeah i don't know i raised lambs sheep for 4-h yeah when we lived in bernie right well i know that we get lamb at our at our mm-hmm. vendor our well, meat vendor at the farmer's market they do some fantastic mediterranean cooking with the lamb that we get from them but if i had a freezer full of lamb i'd really get good at it that's exactly right and we talked about the cost of goat at easter time so now we're about to roll into the time of year well could we get one could we have some at that time of year when people would want to purchase as a matter of fact i ran into a lady at hobby lobby the other day and for whatever reason she stopped and asked me about me i don't even know why but she did and i told her about the farm and one of the questions she asked me was do you know where to get live goat from do you know where we can get goat from yeah no but i know you can because we live in south texas anytime i talk to anybody about our plans for rabbit they say put us on the list I know it's Everybody time. I need to follow through with that. Andrew sent me a message today. It's time to follow through with the rabbit. It's time to get that into action. It's time to say go, you it guys. It sounds like there's a lot, a do. lot of upcoming <laughs> dinner table talk stories. Totally, totally. So I banged the gong last week, but I don't even know if I want to bring the guy out to do the, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you about the benefits of us having a shoeless home. The rule of no one wears shoes inside the house. I could talk to you about all kinds of research that I looked into about ways to transition into doing that, ways to explain to the public a little sign on the door, cute little doormat that says, leave your worries and your shoes by the door. Mm -hmm. And then how we train potential guests or or the kids or you or I to think about socks and maybe have uh, some slippers, house mm-hmm. shoes mm-hmm. near the door. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. I lose my shoes by the door often because <laughs> if my boots are muddy, I'm not bringing them into the house. Right. But then I never remember which of the three doors to get into the house right. that I I, yeah. I You got to have slippers by. by every pair of doors. Yep. Right. So that they and accumulate by yep. one mm-hmm. eventually and then you got to redistribute them. I could tell you about all of this. I could tell you about the amount of cleaning percentage wise that we would be reduced by having less dirt tracked into the house. I could tell mm-hmm. you about E. coli, the number one dangerous bacteria that's found on many shoes because of the ways and places that we wear our shoes including public restrooms and gas station pump nearby there and then we don't even think about that we put our feet right into the car and then we walk through grass and dirt and mud or whatever we get to to get to our front door and we don't even think about it and all of it comes inside but i guess it really comes down to do we want to do anything about it i don't know i don't know either yeah. I'd love to, in theory. It sounds like a great idea. But it's just one more thing that we have to enforce. And Why don't you just start doing it for yourself? And then if you do it for yourself and then other people like shift around you. I think I understand what you're saying. I'll come in and I'll leave my shoes by the door and I'll make a grand proclamation to everybody. No, actually. Saying, hey, I'm going to take my shoes off before I come in. And then I'll rub off on everybody and not be obnoxious. 
It's fascinating that you bring that up specifically. Okay. Because I think that that is literally the lesson that I'm trying to learn today is that just because you are doing something doesn't mean you have to make a grand proclamation. Well, this is a lesson you're learning about yourself. Yes. Oh, I see. But it always reflects off of other things. It always reflects off of everything else around you. Your things that you need to learn always reflect off of everything else around you. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Well, then the only thing I can take away from this is that I do believe I'm going to have to start doing it. If that's what you want to exist in your world, that's how you make the change occur. It only takes a spark to get a fire going? That's correct. And I can be the spark? Mm-hmm. See, you're the only spark that matters. That's the part that we don't seem to all understand. Well, flame on. Exactly. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. Okay, this could be interesting. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? I don't know. The divorce leaps to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For reasons everyone understands, probably, without having to necessarily go into them. That's a big decision that affects a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And stories of the future of it are written in society. You understand what I mean when I say that? Say it again stories of what one's life could be like are written really loudly. Alimony, child support, all these horror, like horrible stories that you hear about divorce. Mm-hmm. You're saying it could have been worse? It could have been a lot worse. Well, yeah, but that's... Just because something could have been worse doesn't mean it's not the hardest thing for you. No doubt. And why do we have to even, like, Compare. preface yeah. that? I don't know. Why do we do that? I don't know. Because we're trying to, like separate ourselves that's leaping that's leaping to mind but for me that's not the hardest thing but that's definitely one of the first things that my myself yeah i always feel at a disadvantage when i'm the first one to answer these questions or that we really have never heard of the hardest thing for me to ever do and continue to do truly without a doubt is to take responsibility for my own reflection it's the hardest thing i've ever done and I will continue to be the hardest thing. I've ever okay, done. but explain what that means. When I decided, when I decided to begin taking responsibility for everything that was occurring around me, I didn't understand what that meant. But I said I was willing to take responsibility. When you become willing to take responsibility, before you begin accepting real responsibility, you start beating the shit out of yourself for all of the things that you have to take responsibility for, and it gets hard. Like it gets real hard. And you do all kinds of things to yourself, shame, guilt, fear, for all of the things that you've now begun to understand that you have to take responsibility for. I'm looking at that reflection and then saying, I'm learning things, but I don't have to walk in and go, I'm learning things and tell the whole world that. I just have to learn things. And when I learn things, Uncle Freddie shows up an unexpectedly different person that is about my understanding of my reflection of myself. But the first thing you have to do before you get to the point where you really begin to accept it and you begin to see the, sh- the real shift occurring around you is that you have to take responsibility for the fact that it, what you're looking at everywhere you go is your own reflection. It is you. There is no possible way that could be any other way because when you open your eyes and you look out into the world, you see a view inside your mind based on the visual images that your mind has seen. 
and the ones that have been given to you through inheritance. That is it. Now, are they physically real? Could we go through the logical steps of science of matter and Newtonian law and prove that this is a physical matter? Yes, we can. But it doesn't change the fact that how did it get inside my memory to see that you have on blue jeans. It's still a visual image that I have created inside of my mind. And the only thing I'm going to see is what my mind has done to process those blue genes and what blue genes means to my mind and what my inheritance of information has given me about blue genes, right? So when you begin to say, I'm willing to take responsibility for my reflection, you have to take responsibility for your reflection, everything around you, even the things you don't like. And then you have to forgive yourself. And then you have to begin to just accept it. And it's very, very, very hard. Every single second of every day, it's very, very, very hard. So aware of my reflection. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. I build up all that mucus and then I start strangling on it when it drips and I'm talking and if I get it out of there, clear out my nostrils. Are you recording me? Oh, I got it all on tape. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, if y'all want to have some wellness talks with me, I'll just come out here to the farm. I'll tell you all about how I make it through. I can flip a virus in 24 hours.